0: Welcome, everyone, once again to another episode of the Immigrants Journey podcast, a space where we grow and learn about Ireland's immigrant populations and immigrants abroad. I'm your host, Carmeneta, and this week we are chatting with Anna Serkova, a Ukrainian immigrant who has traveled to Ireland as part of a lifelong dream to live in an English-speaking country and develop her linguistic skills. As part of a career change into digital marketing, Anna has launched a YouTube channel where she develops her passion for content creation and video editing and shares her experiences of life here in Ireland. Anna, welcome to the podcast.
1: Welcome. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm very happy to be here.
0: (laughs) My absolute
1: pleasure. So,
0: Anna, tell us about your life back at home. What was it like and what was the transition coming here to Ireland? Of
1: course. So um, I was actually I was born in Ukraine to a Russian family. Uh, My grandparents from my mother's and father's side originally uh, come from Russia. Um, Yeah, so it's quite interesting because, yeah, I was born and brought up in Ukraine, but actually to a Russian family. And uh, I really love my hometown of Dnipropetrovsk for being so vibrant and big, approximately 900,000 citizens. And there is always a lot to do in my city. It's booming with life. And it used to be one of the key centers of the nuclear and space uh, industries of the Soviet Union. So, my life, my life back at home was very busy, I studied simultaneously at two different universities, and I was also attending a Ukrainian folk dance group as part of my extracurricular activities. And I have always been passionate about English language, I studied it as a main subject at the university. And uh, since the age of 16, I dreamed of one day being able to live in an English-speaking country, a big dream, a vision behind my eyes, which at that time seemed to be completely unfeasible.
0: That is really amazing, but you made it happen. Now, you mentioned that you were studying at two different universities at the same time. Were you working on two degrees simultaneously or were these courses?
1: Uh, Yeah, so I have been working on two degrees simultaneously at (laughs) one...
0: Jesus! guys I just am nearly finished with my one degree i could not fathom doing two degrees at one go your capacity for memorization must be off the chart <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank you so much yeah it was um, yeah it was quite challenging uh, basically I studied uh, from Monday uh, till Friday at one University and the second university was Friday evenings and Saturdays the whole day so at one University I studied logistics supply chain management and at the second University I studied uh, English philology and um, Spanish philology as well that's
0: absolutely amazing that would make me suicidal having that kind mm-hmm. <laughs> of pressure to learn. <laughs> the other thing that you mentioned is that you are also um, attending a Ukrainian folk dance group. Now I'm super interested in dance, particularly cultural dance. And from what I understand, Ukrainian folk dancing uh, kind of started in the 1600s when the Cossacks would return from battle and the men would celebrate this through improvised dance. But it's evolved from like a mostly male dominated dance to something else. What was your experience with the Ukrainian folk dance?
1: Oh, it was just amazing. I love dancing and I have been dancing basically since the age of five. Um, And I started with just contemporary dancing and uh, choreography. And then uh, when I uh, started studying at the university, I attended um, a Ukrainian folk dance group. And we also participated abroad uh, at an international uh, dance festival in Spain. And it was amazing because I would say that... uh, ukrainian folk dance is it's very rhythmic and um, it's it's very vibrant and uh, i i love it it's it's really nice and when i came to ireland actually i had a look that there is uh, there is irish step dance and i wish i i would I, basically i would love to try it um, because i want to continue my hobby of dancing and irish step dance is also very rhythmic and actually it's um, you yeah, it's quite similar to ukrainian obviously it's it's uh, different but there are certain similarities like people are jumping there is lots of movement involved like rhythmic movement and yeah so <laughs> I wish I, I will start soon and yeah <laughs> that's my hobby
0: it's a fantastic hobby I've just started um but I just started to learn how to do reggaeton so this is a uh south american dance style i think it's brazilian but i'm not 100 sh- uh, sure it's super cool it's very dynamic and interactive between you and your dance partner so i'm really looking forward to getting efficient at this because at the moment i'm absolute rubbish but sure dancing is something that takes a long time to develop
1: yeah it takes it takes some time but uh, it definitely boosts your um, energy and uh, helps me to raise up my spirits (laughs)
0: yes that's exactly what dancing does so tell me something about your culture that you love
1: so um concerning the cultural uh, aspect of of my country basically i should say that in all fairness um these are healthy eating habits and uh, it's a common scene that in my culture we cook a lot at home and hardly ever buy any convenience food and oftentimes a major reason for this being high cost and questionable quality at the supermarkets and for winter for example we always hand make a whole variety of pickled food long in advance starting in summer so this can be tomatoes red pepper cabbage cucumbers and the tomato the tomatoes are pickled in light brine with added garlic dill and vinegar and every family has its own recipe passed from uh, grandmother yeah and along along with that i must say uh, another cultural trait that i admire is that people overall are very chatty they are very creative there is always a sense of camaraderie and uh, people uh, in Ukraine they are very curious they are willing to experiment and try new things and that's what I really love about my culture that is really cool
0: Now, what's something about your culture that you can do without?
1: Yeah, sure. So I think not often, but sometimes there is a certain level of pessimism that may persist. Although the tendency there is another tendency to impose certain rules, patterns, and cultural norms of the society on the individual, and which are doomed to put pressure on the individual, as it is considered that a person should conform to these norms and a bright example of this can be the age when one is supposed to get married or have kids or excel in one's career so there are certain cultural norms that everyone has to adhere to which is yeah which is something i probably wouldn't like <laughs> Yeah, I was recently watching um, this TEDx talk
0: with this Brazilian psychologist, Fernando Lanzar, and um, he was breaking down the psychology of several different cultures. And it was really interesting. I'll actually link the talk in the show notes. But one source of tension that always presents itself in cultures is collective pressures on the individual. Like our like Ireland is actually quite flexible when it comes to leaving individuals to their own devices and not imposing things like you should be married by a certain age. But like, I mean, here, if you got married before the age of 30 people would probably look at you a bit funny, but some, But sometimes I wonder also to what extent developmental psychology has influenced cultural norms in the West, because like, for example, and it's becoming part of common knowledge that people's prefrontal cortex don't. Um, finish developing until the ages of 25 to 30. So the prefrontal cortex is the part of the brain that's responsible for thinking, reasoning, and judgments. So it's like if you're trying to get married before your brain is fully developed, it's a little bit strange. So I, w- so I wonder in, in parts of the world where maybe a lot of psychological knowledge is not part of the collective consciousness, if they just have different feelings about that like what would be a normal marrying age in the ukraine
1: well in ukraine and in russia um i would say um it would be 23 22 24 now probably changes a little bit so but still it's 24 25 i would say
0: So tell me something interesting about your culture that most people don't know about.
1: Yeah, sure. So perhaps the fact that uh, Ukrainians and Russians are notoriously superstitious people and if a black cat crosses your road you have to be prepared for setbacks on this day and generally it's a bad omen and a precursor of looming misery and funnily enough I know it's a sign of good luck in Ireland which is very surprising.
0: Yeah, I didn't know that either and I certainly didn't know that about Ukrainians that you guys were a bit more on the superstitious side that's really interesting um but back to the fernando lanzar's TEDx talk, he was actually talking about cultures with more uncertainty avoidance, meaning how much unpredictability a culture is willing to tolerate. That corresponds to how superstitious and religious they are. How would you rate Ukraine in terms of its collective willingness to tolerate uncertainty?
1: Yeah, it, it hugely depends on the individual, I would say. It's hard for me to generalize and to say, like, you know, in general that it's, like, 100% or if it's 70% because it's, um, I would say, hugely depends on the individual. Yeah, but mostly, mostly people are very, very superstitious. Yeah, <laughs> they like they, they like to knock on the wood, you know, so that the um, situation does not happen, like an unfortunate situation will not happen. So sometimes people knock on the wood and, um, yeah, yeah. It's very, very interesting. I know in in Ireland, people don't seem to be very superstitious. I'm not, yeah, not really. (laughs) Ireland as a population,
0: though, is really highly educated. And I think with the experience and exposure of college and an emphasis on critical thinking, people just tend to question things more. So I think maybe that also has something to do with the lower levels of superstition is just the high level of education and third level education in particular.
1: Probably, yeah. It makes sense. (laughs) Now tell
0: me, what's been one of the most difficult things that you've come across in relation to adapting in Ireland?
1: Wow, that's interesting. (laughs) So the most challenging part was probably to get used to the wild Atlantic weather. And also quite stormy winters with the average speed speed of wind up to 40 kilometers per hour, at least in Cork. (laughs)
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) It can be quite stormy. And um, I started wearing a a windproof clothing and it greatly helped. And another thing I would say also that it was quite challenging to find uh, a good apartment at first. And I had to rent an an Airbnb. Airbnb flat uh, in the castle. It's Atkins Halls in Cork um, for the first two weeks. And it was very scary and chilly there. So <laughs> um, yeah, so I had to wait until something available um, came up on uh, DAFT. So I just had to stay with Airbnb and also I would say at the outset not having any friends in Ireland was quite tough for me as I'm a very sociable person and um, I would say that apps such as meetup and the uh, girl crew they really helped me to find many good friends so yeah this this is the, the things that I have found really challenging at first when I came
0: now in fairness to you finding accommodation isn't a difficulty that immigrants have. Everybody in this country, if they're trying to move and find accommodation, it's a nightmare, particularly in Dublin. So that's that's common throughout for absolutely everybody. But yeah, no, the social thing for sure, cause I mean, like you, you're starting from scratch, you don't know anybody, but you're right about the meetups app and uh, different like social interaction apps. They are really useful. Basically just getting out there and getting involved helps to bridge that gap.
1: Yeah, exactly. I agree totally.
0: (laughs) Do you feel like you've been able to socially integrate well into Irish culture?
1: I would say so. Yeah, it's right now since two years. um, I have been living here since two years now. And uh, I would say that uh, overall, I feel that I, I managed to adapt to the culture and i have irish friends and locals they helped me to um you know they, they helped me to gain this exposure to you know to, to the whole variety of irish you know traditions and um, uh, just overall how people behave and um Lots of things, actually. And before coming here, I, I, you know, a thing like a culture shock to me was something I didn't know about, you know, like I was, well, I, of course I knew I read in the books, but it's a different thing when you come here and you get to experience it yourself. <laughs> That's when you learn what it actually is. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, tell me
0: about a time in your life when your plans didn't go the way that you wanted how did you deal with it
1: well i would say the moment when i realized that it's very hard to relocate abroad and it, it is you know it's it's nothing like you just Buy a t- flight ticket and go there, and there is so much more behind the scenes. Um, there is bureaucracy, work visa issues, financial concerns, and especially being a non-EU citizen and relocating abroad was something almost un- unimaginable and extremely hard to um, for someone from a modest family, I would say. and uh, But I, I decided to set a course of my boat to steer into the direction of my dearest dream. And I exhibited dedication and I persevered. I found a job here. And I would say that my life motto at that time was citing my Canadian, my favorite Canadian author, uh, Robin Sharma. So if you want to have the results only 5% have, you must be willing to do and think like only 5% do and think.
0: Oh, I love that. That's a great quote. <laughs> I'm going to put that in the show notes as well. <laughs> I, I
1: found it absolutely amazing and adopted it to, to my life. And another one is victims make excuses and leaders deliver results because, you know, some people, they just uh, give these excuses like, oh, I know it's so hard to relocate. I know I don't have money. I, I you know, just there, are, there, is, there is so much and uh, I, I think that the more you try and, um, you know, the The more you put yourself forward, um, the more results you actually get. (laughs) Um, Absolutely. So
0: when you're trying to achieve something and you hit a block, how do you deal with it?
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Sometimes it happens that not everything goes like it was planned to go. Uh, I would say I normally I try to exhibit persistence in what I'm doing. Uh, improve the knowledge I already have by reaching out to people who are more knowledgeable about the subject I'm interested in and I try not to give up under any circumstances and many times you know it's so easy for one unfortunate situation one defeat to knock you down and to dampen your spirit and I believe that you have to be audacious and to never stop making another attempt after another attempt and that the only way forward and I actually love this uh, small story I was told by my English uh, English teacher uh, in high school Um, it has uh, since became a motto in my life and I would like to cite it here if it's possible of course Um, yeah it's a small one a short story so there are huge elephants and they were held uh, by only a small rope tied to their front leg So there were no chains, no cages, and it was obvious that the elephants could at any time break away, but for some reason they did not. And a man saw a trainer nearby and asked why these animals just stood there and made no attempt to get away. And the trainer said, when they are very young and much smaller, we use the same size rope to tie them and at that age it's it's enough to hold them and as they grow up and they are conditioned to believe they cannot break away they believe the rope can still hold them so they never try to break free and uh, yeah i think that what we believe about ourselves is the most powerful thing in this world we have a choice to believe and we can make the decision to break free from any perceived ropes, uh, ropes that have been holding us back, and go for the things we actually want. And we just have to choose to believe, and we have to figure out what what the ropes are that have been holding us and um, cut them.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, that's a really cute story. I had actually heard that before, and I don't remember when or where. But it's it's so true that the limitations that you put on yourself will often hold you back. Do you have a daily practice that you feel helps you in life?
1: Well, um, a daily practice. Hmm. Well, actually, I try to stick to my habit of exercising every morning. I have also been attending a Reformer Pilates studio in Cork. And you know, this Reformer Pilates offers all the benefits of Pilates, including overall core strength and flexibility. And I have come to realize that. Exercising led to daily improvements in my life, such as better posture, uh, graceful and efficient movement, and most importantly, a relief from back pain. And also exercising indeed helps me to become more productive and efficient throughout the day.
0: That is so true. That exercise has such a powerful impact, not only on physical, but also mental health. I remember, I think it was last year or the year before, I was doing some research for one of my assignments. And I think it was for health psychology module. But anyway, um, a lot of the research papers that I was reading was about the power of aerobic exercise on cognition and how it helps people to focus. And I remember feeling so motivated to go back to running or doing some kind of physical exercise because it would help me to like concentrate on my studies but I really have a loathing for running so I think dancing is a better outlet for me just to find motivation but it's really I mean dancing is fantastic aerobic it really gets the heart pumping
1: yeah, it really helps. It really helps to kind of to shift your focus from daily uh, concerns, daily war, vor- you know this uh, vor- worry worries that you have. Sometimes I just worried and I'm thinking about my job, I'm thinking about my studies. And you know when I start dancing, it just or just doing pilates is, it helps me to shift my focus.
0: And it helps you to relax and relieve stress, which is a great feeling too
1: exactly yeah that's what i found and i try to do it every day just a little bit sometimes and it already helps (laughs) speaking of stress
0: tell me what's the best business advice that you've ever gotten
1: Oh wow, that's interesting. <laughs> well, um, I would say the best business advice I have gotten was at a world-class leadership um, training led by Justin McKeven in the United Kingdom. And this was truly impactful and inspirational. It greatly helped to redefine my values, to re- reevaluate my thinking pattern and mindset. And the advice uh, he gave us was. Um, you can probably think of a work situation which would be changed for the better if you stop if you stopped competing and started collaborating on a team at work and his words made me think and made me actually want to develop this topic further as in many working environments both at the universities and in the workplace nowadays the old-fashioned principle of being independent and you know relentlessly holding on to the knowledge you have without sharing with the rest of a group uh, still unfavorably holds true and you know I truly agree that cooperation in a collective manner can be both beneficial and encouraging for opening up your fullest potential and in order just to play a constructive role in the society in general.
0: I could not agree more. And there's actually psychological research to back up what you're saying. Like, human brains develop more fully when they are engaged with other minds. In fact, our brains actually can't develop properly if it's not engaged with other brains. In my first year at university, we read about feral children and children who were severely socially neglected and the impact that the lack of human contact had on mental development. The first and most observable issue that occurs is in linguistic deficits. So if a child is not exposed to language by the time that they're seven, they will never be able to speak or write normally or express themselves with the full range that normal children can. And from a brain deficit perspective, the size of their brains are smaller than normally socialized children. So collaboration and engagement with other minds is absolutely crucial to mental development. So that's really good advice that um, that speaker there gave you. And it certainly bears up with uh, research. Although collaborating with others can be challenging and disappointing at times. But then you're also forced to come up with creative ways to make it work. So again, you're being pushed beyond your boundaries. And that's what development is really all about. So what's been your greatest achievement since moving abroad?
1: My greatest achievement, I think my biggest achievement was that I managed to get experience working for an international company. And I also met lots of interesting people from different countries. And it helped me to, you know, just to widen up my horizons. And I have also come to appreciate that it's really important to do what you love in life. And it is vital to stand up for your dreams and that's the only thing that really matters in life. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I mean, what else do we have?
1: Exactly. I've got only one life to live. <laughs> that, that's exactly
0: what I was going to say. So tell me something that you really like about the place where you live
1: now. I think one thing that I really love uh, is living in close proximity to the Atlantic Ocean and it's just something absolutely amazing for me because when I came to Ireland um, it was actually the the first time I have got to swim in the Atlantic and um, I also love eating freshly caught fish and swimming in the summer especially in August uh, in the Atlantic And also, another scene is a great amount of high profile international companies.
0: Yeah, definitely. We definitely have a lot of that. I think the nature here is absolutely uplifting, except for when it's raining, then it can get really really saddening. How did you find it when you first moved here in terms of the accent and Irish slang? I always like to ask about that because people always get tripped up.
1: Yeah, you know, it took me actually, it took me probably like a few months to start to understand the accent and like phrases, for example... What's a crack? So some of my Irish colleagues, they were just approaching me and asking, what's a crack? And I was like, what, what do you mean? <laughs>
0: yeah, I like to ask about the crack and I like to comment on the crack I, because this podcast is broadcast over the internet. Anybody from all over the world can listen to it. So I want to make the crack like a universal slang because I think it's absolutely massive. It's so funny. We're getting towards the end of the interview now. So my final question is always, what do you know now that you wish you knew when you first moved abroad?
1: Well I think I wish I uh, first of all I wish I would have have someone like um an agency looking for an apartment because you know the amount of time spent on viewings and also looking for an apartment I just wish someone else could do it for me you know (laughs) I'm working um, full-time and it's so hard to crave you know just a small little bit of time to be able to look for apartments and to go and see them you know it's like a a full-time job in itself <laughs> so it's definitely something i i wish i would have had like my um, one agent like a property agent who could help me with that and just make my life easier <laughs> And, um, and also probably maybe having someone who could have helped me uh, to find a job faster because it took me approximately three months to find a well-paid job here. So it was also quite challenging. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Like it's, it can be so time consuming. We just had Philip Coffey, who is the HR executive and career coach at LinkedIn on the podcast. And he had some really excellent advice on that front. So episode number... 42 for anyone who wishes to check that out. But yeah, um, finding employment and accommodation is a massive challenge when moving anywhere. So um, Anna, thank you so much for coming
1: on the show. And where can people find you on social media? Uh, yeah, so I have my uh, Instagram. It's Anna on Social. And also I have my YouTube channel. And it's called um, basically Anna's Diaries. <laughs> and um, yeah, I have Facebook as well. That is perfect. So of course, we'll link... Thank you so much.
0: <laughs> You're very welcome. And we'll link to all of your socials on in the show notes as we always do. So thank you everyone for listening. And don't forget to like us on Facebook leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you hear your podcasts, share your favorite episodes. And if you have comments, questions, feedback on any of the episodes, do get in touch. You can reach us at theimmigrantsjourneydublin at gmail.com or message our Facebook page on The Immigrant's Journey. And as always, until the next journey, ciao.